Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. This is uh, Master's Choice Podcast, episode 54. Uh, in studio, we'll have Kyle Vosberg talking about uh, disease scouting, insect scouting, what we can do about that. So I hope that you guys listen in and get something. Hi, and welcome to MC Podcast, episode uh, 54. Good to be with you. Glad you all are all listening. Uh, in studio today with me is my good friend, Kyle Vosberg. Kyle, welcome. Hey, how's it going? He, he laughs because uh, we were making fun of each other earlier <laughs> yeah. this morning. And he's like, he <laughs> even friend. calls me good friend. <laughs> yeah, good friend. <laughs> sure. Hey, good friends treat each other that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm right? sure they you do. Yeah. I mean? yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I only do it because I love you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, so Kyle, you and I, we kind of been uh, out on the road. We've kind of mm-hmm. been running around. Um, in fact, I just got in from uh, Pennsylvania uh, yesterday afternoon, and um, you you actually been in the office all week yeah. uh, yep. this week, so um, no emergency calls to come look at fields or, or nope. any of that, So, uh, but but we think things are... Things are kicking off. Things are getting busy. Think things are rolling, and so, uh, but yeah. So, uh, any anything interesting ha- kind of happened out on the road with you? It's been a uh, it's been pretty busy year. I think we've all kind of been spread out here and there. Um, my schedule has been a little bit more spread out than it has in the past. I've kind of been the uh, boots on the ground yes. agronomy yes. expert. Well, we should that's use expert you, hey, loosely. Yes, that's <laughs> what you get paid for. That's what right? I. Yes. You know what I mean? And like so, um, I've been a I've been kind of widely spread across the country. Um, now I've only been west of the Mississippi for the most part. Um, but it's, things are moving along along real quick. I know we have some corn in, uh, in Kansas that'll be chopped in the next 14 days. So, uh, we're, we're moving along really quick. Things are moving along. But things are looking good. You didn't, you still didn't answer my question. Okay. My question was, huh? Good. Good. Okay. My question was anything interesting been happening since you've been out on the road? I mean, um, you, interesting. I mean, you, do you um, see anything weird and outlandish? Did you go to, you know, I mean, did you see anything wonderful? Well, I mean, did you I mean, have a did you have a bad experience somewhere? I mean, I've seen some pretty interesting things. Um, I'm pretty sure they weren't even supposed to be flying, but they were. I mean, it's no, but. <laughs> He, Mark's not in the, I, the I, don't know, I don't know. I'm not understanding your jokes yes, this morning. That's because they're not funny. That's why you're not understanding <laughs> oh. them. That's what my wife always says. Okay. Like, why don't you laugh at my jokes? Because they're not Because they're not funny. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm. So, yeah. oh, sorry. But for the most part, I would say there's nothing out of the ordinary this year. I actually think it's somewhat ordinary, if yeah. you can say that. Um, being so, in the, <coughs> being in the Midwest uh, so I, I've been in Iowa, parts of Wisconsin, South Dakota, Minnesota. Okay, okay. Texas. Let me let me lay this out for you. Okay, okay. I blew the transmission up in a truck. Oh yeah. Okay. All oh, right. Yeah. Why don't you just tell the story? Uh, well, yeah. But but so that's what I'm asking. I'm not yeah. asking if you saw anything interesting in corn. We'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. Um, this is an opener for a show, right? Yeah. And so we're leading into these things. Let me see. And any... so I was like, did you did you have a good meal somewhere? No. Did you see somebody? drying their laundry as they're driving be, down the interstate. I'm going to be completely honest with you. This has been the most boring, uninteresting start to a travel season I've ever had at Master's Choice. Okay. In fact, until South Dakota, I actually hadn't had a good meal. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't had good food. Well, then I, I went to South Dakota, um, yeah. and Tim Thompson's, uh, one of our dealers' mother, <laughs> made a wonderful steak dinner. Yes. That was good. Um, and then I spent an entire week in Texas. 
And then that's when everything started turning around. Started turning around. Um, I hit all the spots in Texas and ate all the good green food. chili willies. Green chili willies, Rudy's. Did you have? I had water burger. Did you have the uh, regular gravy? I had the regular. You, I, didn't, you didn't do the jalapeno. No, gravy. we had been standing. Like I did not do it, and I think Jimmy may have gotten the jalapeno. Yeah. But did you do the? Um, so you just did the one chicken fried steak. You didn't do the four sampler. Mm-mm. Did the mm. one chicken fried steak with the okra, and the pan fried corn. Mm. That sounds delicious. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I'm, it was my first trip to Rudy's, which I'd never actually. Uh, and for the chain, I mean, absolutely spot on. Oh yeah, super professional too. Super when we were professional. There. Yep. Really, you know, kind of legitimate. Half yep. of the Texas Rangers, like, not baseball team, actual Texas oh, Rangers actual Texas were there. Ra- not Walker, <laughs> no, Walker, not Texas Walker, Ranger was there. Just like the ones who, yeah. Uh, so it looked like they all they all had some time and stopped into <laughs> stopped Rudy's. Into Rudy's. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They were following you. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure they were. Yeah, no, I, I get it. So, so for me, I think the most interesting thing was having to uh, fly home from uh, the middle of nowhere, Kansas. Uh, which I, I I mean I'm not that's not a dig on Kansas. There's just parts of Kansas where there's not a whole lot. And yeah, it's you, it's you, west of the <laughs> Missouri Kansas border until <laughs> you get to Colorado. Yeah, yeah it's right in there. A it's bit. right in there a little <laughs> bit. It's kind of in that range. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Craig and I blew the transmission up in a truck and uh, going down the interstate. It was kind of funny because all of a sudden we're going down the interstate, and um, and so uh, I, I look down and the little wrench light comes on. Look over at Craig, and I'm like, Craig, it's like, what does the wrench light mean? He's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, well, let's look it up. So he gets the book out, and he's like, I don't know. I think it has something to do with the four wheel drive. And I was like, okay. And about that time, the truck goes, ka-chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. And I was like, oh. And, it, and I thought, okay, if it's got something to do with the four wheel drive, then it's shifting in and out when yeah. it's not supposed to. We'll get up here to an exit. So I just kind of slowed down, kept driving. Everything was fine. Uh, but you know, like you say, you're in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, there's not a whole lot of yeah. exits. So there's a few miles that we have to drive. And, uh, all of a sudden the RPMs just kick just up, kick up. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, and the truck's like not going anywhere anymore. Right. So, uh, so yeah, so, uh, we, we blew the transmission up in God. the, in, in the, in the, in the truck. In have the you ever truck. wondered to yourself too, like who in the automobile industry decided to switch to pictures? Like, what happened to the old days when it just said, check engine soon? Yeah, like, yeah, now, like, like, anytime something happens, my wife calls me, she's like, um, there's a genie lamp, and it's blinking. Like, that's an oil can, and you better pull over. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, who decided that the pictures yeah, were... Like, like, like a wrench. Yeah. Like, like a wrench. I mean... A wrench. I, I don't, like, like, a lug nut is loose, like, like a tire's going to fall off. I shows you a wrench like you're even going to be able to work on it, right? Right. Like, yeah. like get your wrench out. You can't work on anything these days. Yeah. Oh, wrench light. That means get a wrench because the transmission is back there yeah, that means, yeah oh wait 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 you have you have cracked the housing in the transmission <laughs> yeah. and you've got transmission fluid yeah. i mean as smart as the trucks are they ought to be able to tell you that right yeah right like you need to stop right now before you lose the total transmission yeah. right you know and i don't know like, <laughs> no don't tell them that just blink at the just wrench bl- just blink a wrench yeah I mean, like, what, I what just, I just don't know where that change happened. It's just so annoying. I, I know. It makes I'm, no sense. Like, I know. So, yeah, so I, I think that's probably the most uh, the, the most interesting thing that, uh, that that's happened uh, this year. Yeah. Surprisingly, we, we uh, as many miles as we uh, as we drive every year, you know, we, we've been relatively, um, you know, uneventful with, uh, with, with such things. But, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've had pretty, uh, most of my trips have been, troubleshooting you know going specifically to meet with a dealer and a grower working through their fields uh next week i leave for 
a big Midwest tour uh, with Jace Thompson and, and Mr. McAllister, Ryan McAllister. Yeah. And it's one of those, we leave the office and we're going to get done what we can get done. So it's one of those, uh, <clears throat> see how far you can get one night, stop, stay the night, go the next day. So it'll be a little bit more, that'll, that'll leave a little bit of room for uh, interesting, uh, interesting moments, but nice. it'll be kind of busy. Good. Absolutely. Good deal. So now that we've now had the, o- now, now that yeah. we've had the opener, right? <clears throat> yep. Now that we've had the opener, let, let's, let's, let's talk a little talk corn. corn. So you've been out looking at stuff, you know, you've been troubleshooting some things. There were some, um, uh, you know, some guys had some problems with some emergence. Mm-hmm. You've been out looking at that. Uh, are we far along, uh, enough in the year that we're starting to see disease yet? We should be. Um, we're just not seeing a lot of the common diseases. So really? at this point, Southern rush should have blown in, um, from guys I've talked to in Tennessee, Georgia, Florida. Uh, there seems to be no sign of severe Southern rust pressure this year. Okay. Um, is that climate as far mostly as environmental? Yeah. So, but I mean, is it more like, okay, it's not, it's not humid here. It's more dry. Or is that like, Oh, the hurricanes aren't blowing in up yeah. up the uh, you know. Which it's most, so with the rust, it's mostly that it hasn't come through on a weather pattern system. Okay, um, we haven't had a lot of uh, a lot of movement from the gulfs this year. Okay. If you've actually noticed or watched any of the weather pa- weather patterns, most of them have come out of either the northwest or the north. Um, in fact, we had some rain almost kind of clipped down, almost like an Alberta clipper came down from from Canada a while back. So most of the weather patterns have either moved west to east or north uh, to like a southeast movement. We have not had a lot out of the Gulf this out, year. Out of the Gulf kind of coming up and boiling up yep. and, and, and dragging a lot of stuff up. Which is why we apparently haven't had a lot of hot, humid days. We've had hot, humid days, yeah. but it hasn't really been unbearable in the Midwest. I no. Mean, no. In comparison to years past, no, I would in consider comparison it to years past, I think it'd be interesting to look to see how many days over 90 we've had. It so can't far. be that much. Yeah, yeah, it really can't. In fact, when I was in uh, Pennsylvania last week, there were some guys from New York, and they were talking about how how they have had more days over ninety this year than they have in the last several years. They've been they've wow. been kind of warm and warm and dry. Not yeah, not I, I mean, I walked, dry, but I walked corn in uh, Lubbock last week, seventy two degrees at nine a.m. and no humidity. I mean, it was wonderful. Yeah. So. <clears throat> It's been uh, a little below temperature for some people, um, so that's that's kind of helped with leaf disease. I have talked to some guys in Wisconsin. We will see for sure next week. We'll start walking fields, um, and we'll kind of take a look at uh, at some of the other diseases: northern corn leaf blight, uh, you know, gray leaf spot, uh, some of those other diseases. Yeah. Uh, the rain is starting to clear up in the. Iowa, Illinois, uh, upper parts of Missouri, kind of the corn South belt Dakota. Area. Yeah, a lot of the Corn Belt had tremendous amounts of rain. Um, yeah. I know one of our large research plots in northern Illinois had like 14 inches in 10 days. Wow! Um, right around that first week of June, so um, there has been a lot of rain up there. Um, I know Iowa actually got smoked yesterday. Northeast of Ames got a massive tornado, and apparently there's a ton of damage. Oh, um, uh, Pella. Yeah. Um, yeah. Almost the size, like, I guess they believe it was not too much worse than the one that hit Joplin a couple years ago, but really? it hit a little bit more rural area, but, but more rural, so it didn't so it do didn't... as much damage. Wow, but yeah, it's a big, big tornado. Yeah, about an hour and ten minutes northeast of Ames, okay. northwest of Ames. Sorry. So, so, so that that kind of lead, so that kind of leads me to it to another kind of segue question here. So, talking about blowing the blowing the transmission up in Kansas while we were out there, there was a lot of hail damage. Yep, it, it was spotty. You know, and I and and uh, it was earlier than what they typically see. Yep. You know, they, they typically see some hail damage, but this seemed like a little a little bit earlier. 
and um, and with those guys, they were they were having to deal with okay, what what are we going to do now, right? Yep. You know, I mean, because the, the corn was probably at um, somewhere between V six and V eight, somewhere in that neighborhood. I mean, in in and some fields got a, a, a enough that I mean, you know, total destruction. Some were some were maybe going to pull out of it. Um, and so there were some guys just kind of waiting and they were waiting to see what insurance was going to do. Yep. You know, there were a lot, there were some guys that were thinking, okay, I'm going to go in with a shorter season corn. If I can get a really short season corn and I, I, I need some yeah. feed or, you know, a lot of them were going to, we're going to chop it maybe for their neighbor or, or, um, or graze it. You know, there was some of that going on. And so they were like, we gotta, we gotta get some feed. So this is, so this is what we're going to do in Iowa. I'm sure the corn was further along than that. Yeah. What 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 do what do you what do you do there? Yeah, and so hail is the one thing where there's really not much you can do. Right, and there's there's specific time periods where it's more detrimental. Obviously, in you know smaller corn, um, it can lay it down if it's heavy enough hail. Um, but even when you get to V six V eight, that's one of the most crucial times too because um, photosynthesis is so important at that time and in, in leaf development and you're moving towards pollination. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's I mean you can't go back out there and tape leaves back together. No, and that's the big problem too is that um, when you get into that, you know, you've, you've disrupted all of the photosynthetic process. So there is, there is damage to those leaves that cannot be recovered. Um, and at a, at a time when most of the sugars and most of the photosynthesis that's taking place is in preparation for pollination. And right. so I, at that point, if, it's, if it comes to a point where it's, it's damaged enough that maybe, in, you know, insurance is not covering a replant or a replant's not an option, um, the best case scenario is to just take care of what you have left over. Okay. So um, definitely using some type of fungicide application, um, especially Maybe now. Maybe some foliar feeding? Yeah, some foliar feeding. Anything that you can do to basically optimize what you have left. Um, okay. And now you've made that plant susceptible um, you know, to, dis- to diseases. Right, right, It'd be right. like chopping off your arm and not going to the hospital <laughs> yeah, and getting like, fixed. And you're like, I think I have an infection. I think I have an yeah. infection here. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're, and, and even post-pollination, if you have ear fill and you get heavy hail, you can actually have injury to the ear, right. which can open up, and then you start getting aflatoxins and other issues yep. and mycotoxins, other things that happen in the ear uh, that you need to take care of. So um, it's basically about taking care of what you have uh, with the foliar feeding, a fungicide application, um, and just trying to make the best of the situation. And hopefully, you know, that's what insurance is for. Hopefully right. it's there to help, right. you know. Hail isn't a widespread thing, you know. It doesn't happen everywhere, but where it does, and when it does, it can be extremely yeah, detrimental when it, where it quickly. When, when it does, yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, and and so I, uh, like I said, I, I think that that I, as far as I know, this year, and, and you've been around uh, different places more as I, there's just been kind of some isolated spots of disaster, right? Yeah. I mean, we haven't seen anything, anything widespread anywhere, no. have you? No, I haven't really seen anything massive. Um, and, and we're getting into that part. We're in July now. So now guys are starting to say, guys are starting to, you know, come out and say, here's the issues we've had so far this year. Um, you know, and, and I haven't heard too many of those. Um, but it, but it's early. I mean, you know, things can happen. We can have weather systems move in, uh, leaf disease can flip a switch overnight. I mean, if you have enough hot muggy days and cool nights, you can get leaf disease real fast. I mean, we've seen that in, in plots that we chop ourselves. You go on a Monday and come back on Friday, and you missed it. You know, it's just it only takes a couple of days to to for, really for, get for yeah. leaf disease to to come uh, rolling in. Yeah, where were we? Uh, I guess when we left Monday to go to Pennsylvania and driving driving east, there was a lot of fog 
you know. Oh yeah. And and I was like, oh, this you know, this is gonna be bad. You, corn plant corn plants hate fog. Yeah. You know, I mean they 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 like cool dry nights. Yep. You know, they can respirate, they can grow, they yep. can do all those things. When when you get when you get a when you get a foggy damp thing, not only do you get you know, not only does the plant not like that physiologically, yeah. but um, but then you get the the issue of of a lot of the leaf diseases and and those things when you have that when you have that moisture sitting yep. on sitting on those leaves, for, which is for why a long you time. need agronomically strong hybrids to to grow corn in the in the east. I mean, yep. especially if you've been over like where we are, you know, Lancaster and yeah. those parts of where it's up and down and the fog will sit in the valleys. And if you grow yep. corn down there, I mean, you have got well, to have... And, and they are growing corn down there. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I can either put it in the valley or uh, not get it. You yeah, know what exactly. I mean? So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, because they got 20 acres in the valley and then they've got 20 acres for... I mean, it's just small little spots and yeah. So you've got to have strong agronomic hybrids in those places where... Uh, no doubt. Where fog sits. So so if a guy... So let, let's, let's go from here. So if a guy, uh, you know, you're talking leaf disease can can just come in how often should he be how often should he be scouting for leaf disease from about v6 he should be out walking at v6 how how often should he be walking i would probably walk every 5 to 7 days okay and that's only giving a leeway for you're probably you're a dairyman or you're a yeah. grower and you have other stuff to do. Right. Um, if you were specifically a corn manager, if you were a farm manager, I would be walking them every 72 hours. Honestly, okay. if and I had the ability to walk our fields, I would do it every 72 every, hours. Every, every 72 hours. Yeah. That, so that that would be optimum. I would be walking it at that rate a week prior to pollination is okay. when I would be doing that. So, so earlier than that, you're just kind of seeing early onsets, but right around pollination, when we get into end of June, early July is when we see a real push for it. That's when I'd kind of up and start walking them more. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. And so, so optimum would be 70, 72 hours, but at least every five to seven days. Yep. And, and then, and then, so they see a little, they see a little leaf blight. They, they probably need to, to identify that. Yep. Right. So they need to go in and they need to they say, well, I'm, I'm seeing something on my leaves. We need to identify that. Or is there or is there like a broad spectrum kind of kind of uh, fungicide application? Yeah, most fungicide applications are a broad spectrum okay. for different okay. types of bacteria and uh, and funguses. So it's not it's not like you're just going to go out and get a northern corn leaf blight fungicide. Okay. You're just going to get a broad, um, you know, just like you do with herbicide. I mean, unless you have a specific grass you're trying to kill or or whatnot okay. you're usually going for a broad application so what um so so what let me see if i can i so at what threshold do they call the guy in okay so i go out and 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 it looks like there's uh northern corn leaf blight on 10 10 of the leaves yeah do i do i call am i am i ready or you know i mean do i do i call in a fungicide or do i wait well so most of those are rated based on a grain commodity growers disease pressure okay. so they'll rate those on a percentage based on where the plant is in a life cycle for a corn silage guy that changes because harvest comes early yep um and so and the the odd part about timing fungicide with silage that we don't often see is that once you hit pollination once you hit pollination um you only have what 24 to 30 days post pollination until you get to harvest usually yeah. um and so you kind of have to time that right so if you have heavy heavy 
disease pressure prior to pollination, you're going to want to wait out pollination and then get in, make sure you're done with pollination, and then pick a fungicide application that's not 40 days. You know, you're going to want to use a short uh, pollen or a, a short fungicide application. Uh, Short, as in, when, short as window of usage because some of the fungicides that are like 40 days, you can't go in and harvest okay, corn okay. silage so, and put so it up. So yes, there's a residual there for 40. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so you need to kind of time that perfectly. So so going back to that, though, for a grain guy, 10%, he may not say, oh, this is no, going to affect my But for a silage guy, if he sees any leaf leaf blighting at all, fungicide application, is that what? As long if it's if it's... I would give yourself a percentage. It, it comes down to your economic threshold. Um, where And the problem is, is it's harder to... So it, we, it's easy for us to dictate that with insects because we can count. It's harder to take a percentage of leaves affected right. by So, so I'm going I'm to say this from the nutrition side. Some guy sees any, any, any sign of leaf disease, spray that yes. stuff. Because you're going to knock your quality. Absolutely. You're gonna, you're gonna, There's no you, argument in, about in, that. Anytime you can continue to keep that... that that leaf healthy and photosynthesizing and producing sugars, that plant is happy, that plant is healthy, yep. then, then therefore quality. So that's why I guess it, for, for me on my side of the table, I, as, as um, um, you know, from the nutrition side, I'm going to tell a guy, man, you know, spray it. If, if, you, if, if you even think yep. it might be, go, go, go spray it yep. um, just to keep that plant healthy and, and, to, and to keep your, uh, keep your quality up. And the thing with that is that we – and, and the reason why that's so important is because when we take economic thresholds from an agronomic standpoint, it's always related, it's almost always related to grain yield. Right. But it's different to a, to a dairyman because yep. not only could leaf disease affect your yield, but when it affects quality, you might not know the economic threshold until it's fed in, to in, a cow. Until, until it's fed and to a And then you cow. realize that you've lost milk or, you know, yep. you realize like if had we sprayed that crop, we would have probably gotten a little better response on the milk side. Right. And by that time... It's too late. There's no recovering that, you know, $4 an acre, where you realize $4 an acre made a huge difference in your milk tank. So, that's so that, the problem. Yeah, that, and, and that's the exact thing. So, so I mean, you're looking at fungicide applications being, you know... $2 up to... $2 up, yeah. to, up to 10 yeah. right, maybe. So, I mean, you, you look at that, but if you lose, if you lose 200 pounds of milk per ton... You know what I mean? If you if you yeah. you know just two hundred pounds of milk per ton, if your quality drops uh, that much, I mean you're looking at you're looking at almost three hundred dollars an acre. Yeah, you know, uh, it and and so I mean it's just it, it's 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 one of those things where um, where where I always want to you know I I just think I think it's good insurance for. Um, uh, for for preserving quality, yep. and uh, um, and I, I sure would hate for a guy to lose quality because he wasn't willing to spend four dollars an acre. And and I know with 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 um with with the dairy market as as tough as it is right now, and the dairy market as as uh, as stressed as it is right yeah. now, you know, a guy says, "Man, I've got I've got uh, you know five hundred acres of silage and." And you know, four four dollars an acre. That's another you know, that's another two grand, or even ten dollars an acre. You yep. know, that's another five grand that I'm going to have to put out. But I, but I think dairymen right now have to be smart and say, if I spend money here, I I, I make money over here. Yep. Or if I spend money here, I, I I at least I if I don't make money, I at least save. You know, I mean, yeah. I I, I uh, the the economic advantage is is greater here. You know. Guy, guys are saying, "Oh, we're gonna we bought cheap seed this year. There's nothing more expensive 
than, than people buying yeah. cheap seed. And the problem with that is, is the banker doesn't understand that, right? You know, or the or the the accountant doesn't understand that. Oh, we've got to we we've got to um, we got to save money. Well, where are we spending it? We're spending it on seed. We're spending it on fertilizer. We're spending it on on uh, you know on feed ingredients. We're spending it here. Let's let's cut a little back from all of it, yep. and not realizing that there are places that that you don't need to cut back from right yep. now. You know that that can have a a greater economic detriment if we don't do it than than if we uh, you know if we if we somehow figure out how to how to do it. You know you got to think about it like an investment. Yeah, absolutely, completely so, agree. So so a guy goes in, he he he's checking. Uh, hopefully, you know, I mean, optim optimally every seventy two hours, but at least once a week. Yeah, go in, check everything once a week. Um, would you suggest that they put that on the schedule and just say Wednesday afternoon I'm going to go do this on every every Wednesday afternoon I'm going to go drive around? I mean, would yeah. that be a good way to handle that? Yeah, and I would get out and just try to walk some. I mean, if you use a drone, getting a drone out, or if if, if your local agronomist is using a drone, um, you know, you can start doing uh, some scouting with that if you can get it down low enough, uh, and you can just take a look if you don't want to get all the way deep out into some of those big fields. I understand, you know. No one wants to walk two and a half miles into a field. No one really does. So um, yeah, no. just doing whatever you can. Um, and a lot of times you can start to see those diseases coming in in those topography maps that a, that a drone will put together. So um, getting out and, and taking a look at that. Now's the perfect time to scout for insects. Corn rootworm. Oh. Really? Beetle is moving now. So, okay, so the so um, the so the larvae is already grown into the beetle. Yeah, and there's already they're, beetles. They're, yeah. they're flying around. Yeah, we'll be uh, there's some uh, down in the uh, the Janesville Platteville area that yeah. we're going to take a look at next week with some corn and okay. uh, um, yeah, I mean they're they're on the move. You've got beetles. Um, you know, like I know we've got some some areas of fall armyworm in the southwest right now. Um, they're actually dealing with some crazy fall armyworm. It's seemed to last all year not just uh really around normal time so yeah you're gonna see that and then obviously japanese beetles which all you can really do about those is spray we we kind of see those in the midwest so what do you do with what do you do with the uh with the rootworm beetles what do you do with those you spray well, you those spray okay um but the issue is is they're migratory so they uh i mean you you can spray and they can be back next week but it, it's the best thing to do to to cover the best thing you can do for corn rootworm is done in the spring you either switch to a traded corn preferably a duracade if you're seeing heavy pressure or start using an inferro insecticide on top of your seed put, treatment put the which, insecticide yeah, boxes back forth. on the plant yep i mean those are the best thing you're basically just fighting you know you're kind of fighting a battle against the army of corn rootworm at that time yeah. um, it's easier to fight that battle in the soil than it is uh, with something that can fly away and come back and fly away come yeah. back and and or or just fly over from your neighbor's field oh you yeah spray your field but but yet yeah, they're sitting over at the neighbor's field so and they come right over they yeah just, they just come right over yeah, exactly that, make, that makes sense that makes sense so so in insect we talk about um Disease scouting. Yep. And and this year we're not really seeing anything major popping up so far. Not as of yet. I mean, insects, um, insect scouting going on right now. Yep. But you're talking south, the southeast having some fall armyworm issues. Yeah, they had some heavy issues in the spring, and now they're seeing the damage of that. Uh, the far, fall armyworm fed early, so the upper parts of the whorls are all um, ate up by fall armyworm, okay. and yeah. so they're kind of dealing with that now and figuring out what they're going to do moving into the uh, into the fall and winter and how they're going to uh, deal with some of those issues. But, um, and then also obviously now that we're, you know, getting into pollination, post-pollination, starting to look at earworm and Western bean cutworm okay. um, and start, uh, start diagnosing those issues. And that's basically what my job starts at next week. It's, it's begins to be more of the, a lot of it's 
all of our research trials. You and yeah. I will be out on the road. We'll be in Pennsylvania. We'll be looking yeah. at research trials. Now's our time to say, okay, here was our, our thoughts in the spring. Here's some of the stuff we're testing. And now we're going to take a look at that as well as working through some of that stuff with growers, you know, insects and, and leaf diseases and whatnot. But now is like the really busy time where, you know, Definitely. you just feel like you live in a cornfield, but it's good. It is. It for, is. For some. I'd rather, I'd rather live in, in, in the barn with the cows. You'd rather yeah. live in the cornfield. I would rather be in the cornfield. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Kyle, thanks for joining yeah. us today. Thanks for the information. Good stuff. Um, appreciate that. Hope that uh, hope that all of your travels continue yeah. to go well. Um, I'll see you after Labor Day. Yeah, I was I'll meet say, you at the airport. I'll meet you the at the airport. Labor Day. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, I was a little surprised to see you this morning. Know. You know, like, well, hey, we get to see each other. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so uh, so really safe travels. Take care. Take care yep. of your family. So, all right, thanks. Yep. Hey, guys uh, out there listening, appreciate you listening in. Uh, if, you've, uh, if you've got uh, any questions, uh, feel free to contact us. Uh, let us know. Um, you know, you can always uh, find us. We are social. You can always find us on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and always, always, always at seedcorn.com. You guys take care. Thank you.